We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Guilty as Charged podcast presented by Blue Art Podcast Network. My name is Steven and I am the host of a bit of an unusual situation happening today. So uh, Tyler is unavailable and uh, our guy Alex Katzen is going to be joining me tonight to preview the Chargers and Titans week two matchup. So appreciate Alex for uh, jumping in. Alex, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. Uh, Glad I was uh, free to uh, fill in last minute. <laughs> um, you know, hope everything is uh, going well with Tyler. It sounds like he's still waiting yeah. for a plumber. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, happy to be here. I'm excited um, for the game Sunday. Excited to uh, have hopefully a more regular game, a more <laughs> um, uh, positive uh, stuff to talk about. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be really nice. We'll, we'll dive into a lot of this uh, upcoming matchup and you know, the, the Chargers are uh, in for a bit of a swing here over the next few weeks. You get the pass-happy Dolphins, the run-heavy Titans, and then uh, Kirk Cousins has like 780 yards passing through two weeks. So they'll get the pass-happy Vikings next week. But uh, we'll save that for next week, as, as we always do. Um, in case you haven't been paying attention, Alex has been uh, doing some great work for us, talking about the college game, talking about some prospects. I know that there's a lot of our listeners who are big time draft fans, we are as well. Uh, and so we appreciate the insight of Alex uh, being able to jump in here and provide some college football insight, focusing in on some of the uh, visits that the Chargers scouts are making uh, around college football. 
Uh, before we dive into this game, Alex, anything uh, maybe potentially standing out uh, from where the Chargers scouts have been visiting the past couple weeks? Yeah, um, I think the the thing that stuck out to me, um, and you guys can go back and watch those those videos as well. Um, but there's been a lot of uh, visits in the Carolinas uh, mm-hmm. through the first two weeks of the season. Um, they were at North Carolina State um, for both of uh, both of the, this last weekend and the weekend before that, um, and at North Carolina for both of those games as well, um, which is a little bit unusual typically. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, you don't normally do double dips at those schools like that. Um, might just be a you know a travel um, you know a logistic thing um, to uh, you know kind of just keep the scouts around because uh, you know North Carolina State had Notre Dame come in the second week. Uh, North Carolina had App State the second week, and so you know if there's a guy that they're interested in there, then maybe you know just have the guy stay in Chapel Hill, Hill and uh, watch that one. Um, but yeah, that's that's been the main thing. A um, lot of a uh, lot of tight end prospects, a lot of edge prospects um, at the schools that uh, the Chargers have been visiting mostly. Those games that they've been attending. So. Uh, I think that they are well aware <laughs> of uh, where their needs may lie uh, in the 2024 draft, just as we all are. Yeah, it's almost like they uh, passed on the best tight end class ever. Weird. Weird how that one yeah, works Yeah, weird. Out. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alex, uh, let's dive into this uh, Chargers game. As we do every single week, we'll start with kind of a bit of a, an injury report roundup. Um, from the Titans side of things, really the, the two biggest ones to keep an eye on as we get to uh, tomorrow are the injuries of DeAndre Hopkins and Amani Hooker. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is their best wide receiver at this point in time. Uh, really the only pass catcher that was involved in the game plan last week against the Saints. And then Amani Hooker is their uh, starting safety opposite of Kevin Byard. They do have some nice depth at that position, but uh, Alex, how do you think this changes things if the Titans are without DeAndre Hopkins first and foremost? Yeah, I think with Hopkins, um, it pretty much neuters what is already a neutered Titans passing attack. <laughs> um, Hopkins got 13 of the 34 targets uh, against the Saints last yeah. week. Had seven catches. Like Next highest target share number was like Nick Westbrook-Akine, who's their slot receiver, got seven targets and turned it into four catches um, for 50-something yards, I think. Yeah. And so like, if Hopkins is down and Westbrook-Akine is your next like you know top target getter, um, all due respect to Nick Westbrook-Akine, who has really you know turned into a solid player out of the slot, but like that doesn't scare you the same way that DeAndre Hopkins scares you. Um, Traylon Burks is obviously like still coming along. Um, you know, there's like, it hasn't quite all clicked for him yet. He was not super involved against the saints. Um, Chiga Conqua was not super involved against the saints. Um, you know, and so I think there's going to be a lot more reliance on those kind of younger guys. Um, I think that, you know, it, it does open up a potential problem for the chargers who struggled a little bit to cover the tight end. Um, the way that the dolphins were using Durham Smythe, um, where like if Chikokonkwo is going to be a bigger part of that passing game, then, you know, it potentially may cause some problems of putting him in one-on-one coverage with Kendricks or Kenneth Murray. Um, but without Hopkins, I mean, again, like 13 targets out of 34 passes is, uh, pretty significant. <laughs> and so, yeah. uh, you know, if you don't have that guy, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be rough sledding for the passing attack. 
Yeah, especially for a guy his his age, you know, getting that big of a target share in a new offense that, you know, he wasn't there until like June. So it's it's a really interesting group. You know, Ryan Tannehill obviously threw three interceptions this week. Uh, Mike Rabel called him out pretty heavily. And, you know, it's, Ryan Tannehill was really good for them when they were kind of in their their quote unquote prime, if you will. But he's not exactly been very good. So, you know, Definitely keeping an eye on that as a potential like quarterback change down the road, um, which is no news. They've drafted two quarterbacks in the first three rounds back in the last two years. So, um, but as it pertains to this team, Ryan Tannehill is going to be out there this week. And if Hopkins is there, then he's going to trust him to, to, you know, be his number one target. If he's not, I am very curious to see how that one uh, gets distributed. Cause you mentioned, you know, Chigo Conqua was not super involved. Traylon Burks wasn't super involved either. I think he had three catches and like 18 yards. It was not a yeah. whole lot of, uh, downfield work for the guy that they drafted to be that downfield threat. So, um, you know, I, it's looking at this roster it probably is a big game for Chigo Conquo. Um, we'll see how that one goes, but, um, obviously DeAndre Hopkins could still play and, and that might change some things. Um, on the chart of things, a bit more of an extensive injury report um, than last week. Um, the guys who were on there, let's talk about them first. Dan Henley did practice in a limited fashion today after not practicing yesterday. And then Chris Rumpf has been limited each of the last two days. So um, maybe there's a chance that Chris Rumpf plays, but it doesn't seem like Dan is going to be out there uh, again, which you know these two injuries are also kind of related to uh, Chargers starting players with Joey Bosa and Eric Kendricks, each dealing with hamstring injuries. Um, there's also a not injury related dash personal tag to Eric Kendricks. So maybe that's nothing. I don't really know. But um, the Joey Bosa injury is is significant because this is obviously something that he's dealt with over the last couple of years. Daniel Popper said that he was off to the side or excuse me, Jeff Miller said that he was off to the side today running. Um, what do you make of these injuries, particular to the linebacker and edge group for this team? Yeah, it's kind of an epidemic of hamstring injuries <laughs> in the front. Yeah. Side, huh? um, I think just kind of going down the list here, I think that the Chargers are going to be pretty patient with Dayon um, in particular. Um, yeah. Even with, I, I know everyone is ready for Kenneth Murray to get <laughs> off the field, <laughs> um, but I think that the Chargers are still like have some belief in him and, you know, are still encouraged by the things that they're seeing on tape every week. And so I don't think that there's going to be a big rush to get Dayon back from that injury and back onto the field, even when he does come back. I think that they're going to take it pretty slow with him, make sure that like he's fully, fully recovered before they put him out there. Um, So I'm pretty surprised to see him active this week. Rumpf, I'm kind of 50 50 on. I'm not really sure, Um, you know, limited both days this week is, you know, kind of also a 50-50 proposition. Like, it's not really, like, a a clear indication either way. Um, Kendricks is the interesting one to me because, like you said, he does have that personal tag as well. Um, It it occurs to me that, like, it might just be that, like, he does technically have a hamstring injury, but really, like, the limited or the DNPs this week are about, like, vet rest more than the hamstring injury. And that could be what personal means. I don't know if he's dealing with, you know, some sort of outside matter matter or something like that as well. Um, But I think that we'll probably end up seeing him out there um, just because, like, it has that personal tag as well. Um, And then Joey, like, I'm encouraged by the report that he's out there running off to the side today. I think that he will probably try to give it a go. Um, 
But like if you're down Bosa and Rumpf, you're looking at Khalil Mack and Tuli Tui Pelotu starting with uh probably two call-ups from the practice squad, like probably using yeah. both call-ups on what I imagine would be Brevin Allen for the second consecutive week, and then either Andrew Farmer or Ty Shelby. Um, Farmer, a UDFA from a D2 school this year, and Shelby, who was just re-signed this week. So that is a little bit concerning, um, especially with yeah. the way that the Titans run game operates, where there's a lot more horizontal stretching, um, you know, a lot more kind of like outside zone concepts. Um, uh, that's something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, I know everybody's all down on Joey Bosa this week, uh, down on a lot of people this week, and, and I get the frustrations, but this game in particular is super important that you have your edge rushers healthy. And, you know, I, I didn't watch the All-22. I didn't feel like it was going to be super productive for me to watch the All-22 on defense. Um, but ESPN didn't have Joey Bosa in the top 10 in their run-stop win rate, for what it's worth. Um, Khalil Mack did have a good day against the run statistically. He had two run stops on 13 run snaps, which is a good output for him. And everybody kind of pictures the Titans as like this downhill, you know, gap duo scheme. Like that's what they have in their head because Derrick Henry is big, but their best runs for a decade have all been outside zone. Like they're, they want to attack the edges. And this is what, this is not an ideal game to not be having your full edge depth room. So even if you're down on Joey Bosa, not having him out there is a huge, huge deal because now you're asking Thule to start instead of be a key rotational piece. And then, like you mentioned, you're asking pr practice squad players to be your key rotational pieces. Like Khalil Mack and Thule cannot play the entire game. Like those guys will see snaps. Um, and that's just, you know, against Derrick Henry, that's that's not a recipe for success. So um, this is a super crucial game for at least one of Joey or Chris Rump to get out there. Like you said, I, I think I probably would lean Joey plays more than I would Chris, um, just because Chris has, has uh, like has a legitimate injury, whereas Brandon Staley said Joey's was like soreness. It wasn't necessarily right. like a legitimate injury, but um, if neither of them practice tomorrow in full uh, full category, then I don't see how either of them play. Yeah, definitely. I think you're looking at like a worst case scenario of like, it looks like the Browns game last year where like, again, yeah. kind of similar thing, right? Where it's like, everyone thinks of the Browns as kind of being a very like inside zone heavy team, like because Nick Chubb is big. And <laughs> in that game last year, the Browns gashed the Chargers over and over again with those outside zone runs, yeah. uh, you know, typically away from Khalil Mack because uh, Joey was out for the year at that point already. And so I think like that's like the doomsday scenario is that it looks like the Browns game last year. Yeah. Which was a pretty bad defensive performance. So yeah. Um, <laughs> let's hope we're not the worst case scenario here. Yeah. Um, obviously the other big one, Eckler, uh, he's having a tough week. Obviously his agent passed away. He attended that funeral on Wednesday. He is also dealing with a, an ankle injury. He's been pretty, coy about it on the media tour he's been on a lot of different podcasts and shows he was on the rich eisen show for example um he has his own podcast obviously with matt Harmon. um so he's been pretty coy about the ankle injury but he did finish the rest of that game which i think is an encouraging sign um i, I tend to think that eckler plays but is limited i think we'll see a lot of a lot more of joshua kelly um this might be more of an isaiah spiller situation because he's 
maybe they made me maybe they trusted more on offense so i'm curious to get your thoughts there but i tend to think that eckler will play in a limited fashion on sunday yeah i i agree um i think like you said the fact that eckler finished the game with that injury um obviously didn't practice on wednesday um Ian Rappaport, I think it was reported that like he wasn't going to practice even if he was in the building, but he wasn't yeah. obviously attending the funeral of his agent. Didn't yeah. practice uh, today either with that injury. Um, I tend to think that that's again just kind of more like a vet maintenance thing than a like he's not going to play sort of thing. Um, I do think he'll be pretty limited. I think you'll see a pretty heavy dose of Josh Kelly in this one. Um, I am interested to see whether it's going to be Spiller or like if they're going to give Elijah Dotson reps on offense yeah. or like, you know, maybe if one of, you know, if one of Joey Bosa or Chris Rump can go, then you only need one elevation on the edge. And so then maybe we see Jared Patterson get called up from the practice squad who got signed yesterday. Um, you know, <laughs> typically like when you get a guy that like gets signed to the practice squad because there was an injury, like typically that guy gets called up that week. <laughs> and so, you know, I think that's something to keep an eye on as well. Um, I will say that like if Patterson gets called up and Spiller is a healthy scratch again, we uh, are going to have to start having some difficult conversations about that pick. Yes. Um, but yeah, hope I think we're going to see a lot more Kelly. I think that Spiller probably ends up active for this one um just because i think that like eckler is just not going to take a full workload and so i think you're going to want to have all four running backs active um but yeah i, I think it's going to look pretty similar to what you said yeah because if you if eckler gives it a go right and then retweaks it and you you don't want to be stuck with two running backs exactly. um so i i tend to think that i i tend to agree that <laughs> four running backs will be active this week so um we'll see what happens there all right, uh, let's dive into the Tennessee Titans here. A bit of a, a mini deep dive as we do every week. Um, even though Tyler is not here with me tonight, he did send over his slideshow that he prepared. So appreciate the hard work that he puts into this uh, slideshow every single week. Um, and I just kind of jot, jot down some notes every once in a while, but Tyler does all the formatting here, and I really <laughs> appreciate it. Uh, first and foremost with the coaching staff, it's a lot of the same guys. Mike Vrabel and, and Shane Bowen have been together forever. Uh, Craig Ackerman, as you see here, seventh season. Um, the big change is Tim Kelly being elevated to offensive coordinator. Um, I'm totally blanking on his name right now, but the previous offensive coordinator is now with the Jets, I think, as the quarterback's coach. Um, he was the one who got in trouble for uh, drinking on a plane ride. I forget his name. I don't know if you know his name. Uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head right now um Todd Downing Todd, Todd Downing. Downing there we go That's thank you so um bit of a departure here you know the, the Titans wanted to you know after Arthur Smith leaves to Atlanta the reason why they kept Todd Downing is because he was kind of could keep the, the Arthur Smith train going um Tim Kelly is not really from this tree you know he's not from the the Matt LaFleur tree so to speak you know he he was in Houston for a really long time uh with uh, Bill O'Brien and then everybody else that kind of followed him. So the the changes here, I'm really interested interested to see how this goes because he's not necessarily fluent in that system. But I don't know if you happen to watch the the game against the Saints, but the offense was not pretty. Again, three interceptions from Ryan Tannehill. Um, but what do you make of this coaching staff right now, Alex? Yeah, I think like like you touched on, Tim Kelly is an interesting kind of departure. Um, he's been a Bill O'Brien guy for basically his entire career. Like he was at Penn State with Bill O'Brien before yeah. he went to the Texans with Bill O'Brien. Like so, like that's the kind of offense that you're looking at. 
Um, the defense is obviously pretty consistent. Uh, Shane Bowen, like you said, has been there basically the whole time. Vrabel is kind of like the mastermind of that defense more so, I I think, at least. Um, it's a good coaching staff. I mean, Vrabel gets the most out of his players, you know, every game. Like, there's no question about that. Yeah. Um, these guys play hard for, for this uh, staff. Um, you know, watching that Saints game, I only caught, like, bits and pieces of it. Um, like you said, the offense, like, did, the offense does not look good <laughs> through one week um but you know of course that's you know part of that is just chalked up to like well it's week one and you know it's a new system and everything um but also like you know it, it is it is definitely a change um they brought in i'm i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here i'm sure we'll touch on but like they brought in andre dillard and he looked uh rough <laughs> and so like you know the, there's like uh you know this early in the season it's so hard to separate like what is coaching and what is personnel um that like it, it's hard to like form opinions on tim kelly like now with the titans but yeah. with the texans i thought he was always kind of like a middle of the pack sort of like offensive coordinator he's one of those guys that, like he's a decent offensive coordinator but never like to the level where like he's getting head coaching interest just kind of like a guy that bounces around like this yeah my my understanding of like what happened on sunday is like they had some really good outside zone runs as they as they tend to do um, and then Tim Kelly kind of got in his usual bag of like, I want to do my thing and like, let's do shotgun runs and gap and duo. Yeah. And like, that's what he's comfortable with. So it's just, it's going to be a really interesting relationship here with trying to take advantage of who you have at running back and also trying to maybe kind of do, you know, imprint your own system here for, for Tim Kelly. Um, you mentioned Shane Bowen and Mike Vrabel. It's, it's, it's just such a good duo, man. Like this defense it's incredible to watch and they play so incredibly physical, so tough. That defensive line is, is one of the most physical and nasty ones in the league. They're the best run defense over like the last three years or something like that, I believe. Um, so they get so much out of their defense. I remember, you know, that uh, chiefs game from last year where Malik Willis was starting and it was kind of like a last minute thing. And they were only in that game because of the defense. The defense was just like, destroying the chiefs offense and i think that's kind of like the stereotypical thing of like when i think of the titans i picture that game where you're down your starting quarterback you're on the road in kansas city and you're just like fighting like crazy just taking every kind of risk and chance and and just you know scraping and clawing to keep this game competitive and that's what the titans do man they just suck teams into this kind of physical dogfight matchup and it's obviously going to be paramount that the Chargers avoid that situation from uh, unfolding on Sunday morning. Definitely. All right, you mentioned the uh, additions and losses here. The key <laughs> – nice, Tyler. Well done. <laughs> key – get it, additions. Well done. Um, Sean Murphy Bunting uh, is their starting cornerback on the outside this year. Um, Arden Key, who we, meant, we talked about in the Discord today, He's their starting edge rusher after being kind of an inside-outside guy the last few years. Um, just ate Trevor Penning alive last week. Um, Andre Dillard, who on the opposite side of getting eaten alive at left <laughs> tackle. Daniel Brunskill is their starting right guard after coming over from San Francisco. And then obviously DeAndre Hopkins here. So uh, what do you make of this group of, of additions of the veteran players that they brought in? Yeah, um, I really like Arden Key. I have for yeah. a couple years. Um, he was a beast in Jacksonville. Um, and honestly, a little bit surprised that he's playing like 
more like traditional edge for the Titans because he was so yeah. good in that inside outside role for the Jaguars last season. But also like the Titans have those guys um, to to play that role. And so like they, don't, they didn't really have a traditional edge, um, you know, makes sense from that perspective. He's going to be probably moved around a little bit. I'd expect him to get more work against Trey Pipkins than Rashawn Slater this week, just yeah. like to try to work matchups and stuff. Um, the offensive lineman, obviously I touched on Dillard, um, have never really gotten it with him. Um, thought that the Titans paid a lot for a player that has never really like uh, convinced the NFL. He played, he he played guard last year for the Eagles. Like when he did play <laughs> yeah. as a guard and they're like, let's yeah. tackle money. Let's go. Right. And so like that, that one was a little bit confusing to me. And, you know, through one week, it looks uh, a little bit more confusing to me. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think that's that's a matchup to keep an eye on as well. Like if Joey can go, obviously Khalil's going to go like getting them one on one. You know, they didn't have the greatest showing against the Dolphins tackles last week, um, but hopefully like, you know, it's a little bit better with Dillard Hopkins. Obviously, we've touched on with the injury and then Murphy Bunting, I think, is going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on as well, just because Christian Fulton has been limited all week in practice with a hamstring yep. injury of his own. Good point. Um so if Fulton can't go or is limited in any sort of fashion on Sunday, like Murphy Bunting is going to be like the number one guy. He's going to yeah. be the one that they asked to carry Mike Williams upfield. He's going to be the one that they asked to cover Keenan underneath and, you know, like kind of just like be the stopper when they need it. And so like, again, someone who like I like as a player, I don't think he's like a top flight corner. He's someone that like the Chargers should be able to win matchups on. Um, and so like, if he's the number one guy on Sunday, then like that should be an advantage for the Chargers. but good player. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to get his as well. Yeah. He's probably their more important addition this week. I, like you mentioned, I am curious to see what they do with Arden key. Um, last week against the saints, it was kind of like, you know, they, Danico Autry is kind of like their inside outside guy. And so he would rotate around. But it was basically like Arden Key on the right side of the defense, so rushing against the left tackle. And uh, Harold Landry in his first game back from the ACL, he was like basically exclusively against Ryan Ramchek. There wasn't really moving around those two. Um, yeah. So it is going to be interesting to see. You know, Arden Key is clearly the better player right now. Do you maybe try and, and move him to the other side to go against Trey Pipkins instead of Rashawn Slater? And you just take that loss from Harold Landry, who's not really there yet right now anyway. So... Right. Um, it is going to be interesting. Of course, they have Jeffrey Simmons as well. So maybe it's not necessarily super important to them. <laughs> um, right. The key losses, obviously, Nate Davis. I was surprised they ultimately ended up uh, letting him walk, um, replace him with Daniel Brunskill over here on the left. Um, Demarcus Walker, same thing, replace him with Arden Key. Robert Woods, replace him with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, David Long, maybe perhaps the biggest one. Um, obviously, the Chargers saw him this past week against Miami. Um, so the chart, the, the Titans did kind of replace one for one here. Um, Aziz Alshair is a linebacker that was a key addition. He's kind of starting for them, obviously familiar with uh, the GM from his days in San Francisco. Yep. All right, let's get to the draft class. Uh, much more impactful than the Miami draft class, which was really <laughs> uh, one player <laughs> against the Chargers. Cam Smith was the only guy. Um, yep. So the Chargers will see plenty of Peter Skaronsky. Uh Will Levis is kind of QB3 right now, but he'll probably play down the road. Uh, Ty J Spears, who was a big favorite of ours on this show, 
Uh, oh, Josh yeah. Wiley played. Jalen Duncan's their backup swing tackle. Um, the Colton Dowell from UT Martin. I don't know if he's on the team or not, um, but he is. Alec, yeah, he is. He okay. Is. Um, what do you make of where this class stands right now? Obviously, Peter Skaronsky, uh was drafted as kind of this, you know, offensive line, maybe plug and play guy. He's playing left guard right now. What do you make of of him and his debut thus far? Yeah, I thought he was actually really good against the Saints. Um, just off, you know, kind of the bits and pieces that I caught and clips on Twitter that I was seeing and stuff. Brandon Thorne, who is like the premier O-line guy on Twitter, um, yeah. also said that like he really liked what he saw from Skaronsi last week. Um, so he's going to be, you know, someone that has to be accounted for. Like, it's not just going to be like, oh, you see a rookie on the inside, it's barbecue chicken. Like, you know, it, it's going to be something where like, you know, that that's a legit player that they're, the Chargers are going to have to account for. Yeah. Um, Levis, like you said, like not really going to factor in. Spears is or was limited on Wednesday, but I think he was a full participant today. Um, so it seems like he's going to play. Um He's kind of the change-up guy um, to Derrick Henry that the Titans have been missing for ever. <laughs> yeah, like the, the Titans Lewis was whatever, a thing at one point. Yeah, like the Titans for whatever reason like kept drafting these guys that were basically just Derrick Henry again, and like they finally drafted Spears, who is like a different type of running back and kind of yeah. like adds a little bit more dimension in their running game. Um, he looked outstanding in the preseason, um, had a pretty decent game against the Saints, wasn't like super, super involved, but I think he's going to be someone to keep an eye on, especially like in the past game, especially if Hopkins can't go. I think that, you know, you might see a little bit more action from him. Um, same with Wiley, like might get a little bit more action with Hopkins out. Um, and then, you know, guys further down the board, just kind of backup guys. Um, I It's a pretty decent class. I like a lot of the players that they took. Um, I really like Skaronsky. I really like Spears. Um, I liked Wiley a decent bit. I thought he could have been a guy that the Chargers could have like keyed in on um, once it was clear that they were not going to take a tight end in uh, the first two days of the draft. Um, Duncan was an, was an interesting guy, more of a developmental guy, just needs to like put weight on and stuff. Um, but probably like currently the heir apparent if the andre dillard thing doesn't work out and he like you know can put some weight on and uh yeah. figure things out like probably that's your guy at left tackle when you uh have to cut that dillard contract but you know we'll see i think the main guys are definitely going to be skaronsky and spears on sunday um skaronsky's going to play every snap obviously and then like spears like i said i think will definitely be involved um in the game plan yeah yeah absolutely i do i did like josh wiley a bit um i kind of wish that he had uh declared the class before yeah um, i feel like he's probably yeah. a little bit under drafted just because the class was so dang good yeah. um but you know very interested to see if will levis plays this year what that looks like obviously if you hit on a quarterback in the round two then your draft class just becomes you know exponentially better at that at that point definitely all right. Uh, before we get into the Charger side of things, have to give a quick shout out to our friends over at Prize Picks. Hopefully, you guys uh, use that app today to use your uh, guilty discount for a match up to one hundred dollars uh, on the best daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Uh, just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. It's a super easy app to use. One of my favorite things is that you can use Apple Pay and get paid through Apple Pay. Um, super flexible experiences so far for me. I know Tyler has Tyler put like six picks down 
uh, this past week mm-hmm. for the Chargers Dolphins game. I don't know if he's still in here and wants to talk about those picks, <laughs> um, but it was it was it was a great time nonetheless. It's been a lot of fun to use. Um, you know, tonight I was really close to hitting on my three picks for tonight, but you know, Jalen Hurts had to go take those few sacks and, and kind of ruin that that bet there. So um, again, go to PrizePicks.com/guilty. And use code GUILTY for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizebix.com slash guilty for uh, your own benefit. Help support the show and make you some money as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Alex, uh, let's dive into this game. What is uh, the biggest storyline that you are watching as the Chargers uh, head to Tennessee for week two this week? I think that the obvious thing would be to talk about the defense. So I'm going to talk about the offense (laughs) (laughs) Um, because I think like the defense thing, like obviously it's going to be a huge storyline hanging over the game and everything. I think that like everything that you can talk about the defense has been beaten to death over the last like three days. Like we know what the deal is with the defense. There's nothing more to talk about. Yeah. I am interested to see. I think that this is going to be a, like uh, a turnaround of the Justin Herbert average depth of target narrative. Um, (laughs) I'm praying that that it is. I would like for it to stop. Um, But we talked about the injuries that the Tennessee has in the secondary. They gave up eight explosive pass plays to Derek Carr last week, yeah. um, which was tied for second most in the league. I bet you could guess who was first. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but you know, like already not a super strong pass defense, obviously with Hooker and uh, and Christian Fulton out there for chunks of the game. 
Um, You know, already not a super great pass defense. I think that the Titans are going to like be forced to key in on the run a little bit more, um, even if Austin Eckler is a little bit limited, um, just because like that's the only tape that you have is the Chargers running for 230 yards. Um, You know, under with this Kellen Moore offense, that's really all that you can go off of. Um, So you can kind of get some of those play action shots drawn up and you have Keenan Allen or Mike Williams or Josh Palmer or Quentin Johnston, even like one-on-one with Sean Murphy bunting or, you know, Elijah Molden or whoever the Titans corner three is Roger McCreary. Like, I think that, you know, you have to tell Justin coming into this game, like those shots are going to be there. You need to take them, even if it's not like wide, wide open, like Justin likes to wait for it to be like, you have to be taking those. Um, and so I'm thinking, I'm hoping that the average depth of target is going to be a lot higher. We're going to see some more of those like explosive pass plays that we were promised with the Kellen Moore higher. Yeah. I mean, watching the all 22 of the offense, uh, I, I did feel like there were a couple times where, um, Justin could have easily taken a shot, you know, sometimes he's, he's just like, he's going to make the right play more like nine times out of 10. But sometimes it, you just got to like wait like half another second and then somebody comes open like right away. Like um, there was obviously the the Chargers ran a, a bunch of times this concept where they would motion in the, the tight end to be basically like an, like an H-back. It's called Y insert inside zone. It, it was a great time. concept. They ran it to perfection several times, you know. And then there's this play where they ran play action. And um, Quentin Johnson was coming on a post and Mike Williams was coming across on a dig, like kind of underneath him. And Austin Eckler was wide open. It was a super, it was an easy explosive play, right? It was the right read. But when you go from Eckler to Joshua Kelly to maybe, or Isaiah Spiller or whatever, you're going to have to hang a little bit more. And Mike Williams was wide open on a dig if you just hang on that read for like a half second longer. And there's there's other instances too. Um, There was a play action shot where, um, he ended up throwing to Keenan, who was kind of running a corner route, but on the opposite side, Quentin Johnston was running a, a post and Quentin was open and, you know, he's, you're asking a lot, right. But you're asking a lot of a guy who can do a lot, uh, to right. make these kind of reads. So I do agree. I, I hope we get to see Herbert open things up a little bit more. I assume this is going to be a more pass heavy approach because it's just not smart to run the ball against this Titans front. And we know that Kellen is a very smart guy. So they're going to pass the ball more often, but I agree. I do think, I think Herbert needs to take some chances this week and, and avoid getting into that fist fight matchup because the way you avoid that is, is getting some big plays and, and uh, scoring quickly. Yep, definitely. I feel like Justin is such a perfectionist that like, yes, if he sees something come open, he's like, I have to throw it. That's the right (laughs) throw to make. And sometimes like, I think that like Justin needs to like, get a little bit more Josh Allen in him where he's just yeah. like, I have the arm to make this throw. It's not open necessarily, but like, I'm just going to do it because I'm better than you are. Yeah. And, you know, I'm hoping that we see that. I'm, you know, I think that that's something that Kellen Moore is really like emphasizing to him in those meeting rooms every week. I'm sure is like, you have the talent to make these throws and like, they're there. You just need, like, like you said, like you just need to hang for the extra half second and like, let that throw loose because it's there. Um, and I think against the Titans, I think it'll be a little bit more there than it may be against some other teams. And so I think that that 
opens up a window for Justin to build a little bit of confidence and make some of those plays and like, you know, really like prove to himself almost that like he can do that. <laughs> and so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the concepts that Kellen Moore was running were naturally more vertical in nature. There, there was a bunch of RPO action that that lowered his average depth of target because he was throwing at some swing passes. But um, I only saw Stick ran one play, which was great to see. Uh, <laughs> instead of every third down, hey, let's run Stick again. Every yeah. hurry up, let's run Stick. Oh man, yes, uh, it was great to see. You know, they ran. Uh, there were a couple times where they ran dagger, and and Justin either didn't hit it or. Um, threw it somewhere else. There was a bunch of uh, scissors concepts too. So it was a it was a really nice vertical clean approach from Kellen, and I think it'll be that much more impactful this week. Um, so I am going to talk about the defense specifically. You know, <laughs> we have to, <laughs> we have to <laughs> we have right? To. But you know, for me, like Tyler and I talked about last week, you know, this season being really important for Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack's legacies. You know, because this is both of them kind of on the tail end of their careers that that specific game was a game where they had a significant matchup against the offensive tackles. And, you know, Brandon Staley, Derek Ansley, and these guys are, are right that Tua was getting the ball out quick. And he did have a, a significantly quicker trigger than, than most quarterbacks last week. I think he was uh six high, six fastest time to throw this past week after Monday night football, um, 2.5 seconds. It's very difficult to get home. You know, Danny Jeremiah did a, a great breakdown of some free rushes and Tua was, still was getting the ball out. Um, however, there were several times where Tua, they did get Tua to hold on to the ball and Khalil and Joey could still not get home. Again, Joey might not play, but if he plays, uh, this is a super important game. Because again, this is an offensive tackle duo that is not that great, man. Um, nope. You know, Andre Dillard is a guy who we just talked about. Their right tackle is Chris Hubbard, who technically speaking is like their fifth offensive tackle because yeah. Nicholas Petit Frere should be their starting right tackle, but he's suspended for gambling their second right tackle. Uh, I forget his name, but they cut him for fighting too often in training oh, camp. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Jones. Uh, I forget his Marco Jones. I think DeMarco Jones. Thank you. And then they signed Chris Hubbard off the street, like three weeks into training camp and he's their starting right tackle right now. So again, this should be a significant, advantage for the edge rushers i guess Tuli is a, is a part of this as well the difference here is that ryan Tanhill invites pressure he invites sacks he likes to hold the football take chances he's not afraid to, to, to get hit and you know he's a guy who traditionally speaking his average time to throw is around three seconds so the chargers should get an extra half second basically to get home this week and first and foremost they got to stop the run but when they get their chances to rush the passer they absolutely have to take advantage. You know, the fan base right now is kind of running rampant on the washed conversation right now for these two players. I think it's a bit premature, um, but they did not play well last week, and they need to be they need to be better this week against the Titans if they're going to be able to come away victorious from Nashville. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Saints, for reference, hit Ryan Tannehill ten times last week. <laughs> So, uh, that's the target number is, yes. uh, I would yes. say, um, you know, the saints obviously, you know, have a pretty decent defensive line also. Um, obviously Cameron Jordan is in there. Um, but like Carl Granderson had four QB hits last week. 
Yeah. Carl Granderson is not better than Khalil Mack or Joey Bosa. I don't even <laughs> so, think he's better than Thule, man. Yeah, like Carl Granderson is a fine NFL player. He's not like what I would call a good NFL player. So like yeah. for him to have four QB hits, like that kind of like sets the stage, like you said, of like it's not a very strong offensive line. Ryan Tannehill is going to invite pressure, especially if DeAndre Hopkins isn't playing. I think there's going to be, you know, even more issues with the Titans wide receiver separating. Um, so Tannehill is only going to hold on to the ball that much longer. You have to be able to get pressure and convert that pressure into sacks, into hits, into, you know, like forcing Tannehill off script. Um, you know, it, you, it just has to happen. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Alex, uh, you talked about the offense. I talked about the defense a little bit here. Let's uh, get a little bit more specific. Who is your uh, biggest key matchup that has to come out victorious for the Chargers this week? Yeah, I'm going to go with... Hmm. I think I'm going to go with the linebackers against Chikokonkwo. Okay. Um, I think that, like, Hopkins hasn't practiced all week. And so, generally speaking, that trends towards you're not going to play on Sunday. It is also DeAndre Hopkins, and we know his whole thing about practicing, and so maybe he shows up on Sunday. Who knows? And yeah. like, if that's the case, this is pretty much void. But I still think it's going to be important. Um, I think that on Sunday against the Dolphins, you saw the linebackers for the Chargers struggle with motion, pre-snap motion in particular. Um, there were a lot of plays where Miami kind of sent Durham Smythe or Alec Ingold, whoever it was, on this kind of little motion just off the formation into space and then had them run a route and the chargers just couldn't get out to the boundary in time to cover those routes chikokonkwo is a much better athlete than durham Smythe is at tight end we talked about how he's probably going to be more involved in the pass game especially if hopkins is out um i think that that's going to require eric kendricks if he plays kenneth murray amen agbogbamiga if he's the one that's filling in for kendricks you know whoever it may be like that it's going to require them to step up and make some plays in coverage and fit the run correctly against Derrick Henry as well. Like obviously like with outside zone, it's going to be a lot more tight end lead blocking because you're going to the outside of that formation. So it's going to be a Conquo and Josh Wiley making yeah. those blocks on Hendricks, Kenneth Murray, you know, et cetera. Like they have to be able to beat those matchups as well. And so I think that that's going to be, the key part for the defense. I'm not really concerned about the secondary against these receivers. I'm not super concerned about the defensive line against this offensive line, but I think the linebackers are going to be where like the chargers need to get production in order to get off the field on defense. Yeah. And a lot of the concepts that gave the linebackers problems against the dolphins are in the Titans playbook. Like we know that they, they like to run leak. They like to run slide. They like to get Chego Conco in space I tend to agree that he's going to be much more involved in, in week two. Um, he's too talented of a player, especially after the catch. And this is maybe a spot where the, the Titans don't trust Ryan Tannehill to push the ball down the field. So let's mm -hmm. kind of maybe minimize this a little bit. Let's get Chig and let's get Traylon Burks in space a little bit and see what they can do. Um, Taiji Spears, I'm sure, could, could be in that conversation as well. Um, but the linebackers have to be better. They were not like the biggest problem against the Dolphins, but they were certainly uh, not a, a positive on the other side. Yeah. Um, for me, you mentioned the, the Titans secondary um, and, and kind of the need to push things vertically. So I'm going to go with Mike Williams here and Quentin Johnson, maybe to a lesser extent, um, versus this Titans secondary. This is definitely a game where Mike Williams, I think, needs to make some some splash plays. He was pretty quiet last week. 
did have the obviously you know he left the game for a brief amount of time while he was being evaluated in concussion protocol um but before and after that he was kind of quiet until the very end of the game um so again there there were definitely some times where justin could have hit mike on some big plays if he just kind of waited half a second here so this feels like a very big potential mike williams game um we've obviously seen him have some some really great moments against the titans in the past and you know, the, the Chargers offense just has a little bit of a different element to it when they get Mike Williams the ball and get him going. So um, I would like to see them be a little bit more proactive in getting Mike the football downfield and really stress this Titans secondary and, and you know, really stress this Titans defense in general. So uh, Mike Williams versus the Titans secondary, I think, is the key matchup of the day for me. Yep, that's a good one. All right, let's hit X Factor here. Um, this is an interesting one. I think you can go in a variety of different ways. Um, so I'm curious to get your thoughts here. Who's who's maybe somebody flying under, under the radar this week that you want to highlight? Uh, I'm going to go with Josh Palmer, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Only got one target last week. Um, but like you said, like if pushing the ball more like vertically downfield against this Titan secondary is going to be the game plan, I think that that's an area where Palmer factors in more um, than he did in last week's game plan. Um, obviously Keenan is not really going to be a guy that's pushing the ball downfield as much. Like he's kind of like the safety valve on those plays. A lot of the time he does yeah. run some of those like kind of intermediate, like over routes and stuff, but it's not really like what he's best at. Um, and so if the game plan is to, you know, really push the ball downfield, I think you see a lot more Mike Williams. You see a lot more Palmer. You see a lot more Johnston. Palmer is a guy who, like, it's very, like, it's a very fluid situation, it seems like, in terms of that wide receiver three snap count sort of deal, like Palmer and Johnson kind of splitting that role, Um, you know, but again, only one target last week, I think he's going to be more involved this week, I think he's going to get a little bit more action, Um, someone, you know, like, if the tight, like, the Titans know that the Chargers are going to try to push the ball downfield to Mike Williams. And Mike Williams is good enough that you can still do that, even yeah. if the Titans know that you're going to do that. But also, it opens up a whole other side of the field where Josh Palmer is potentially in single coverage the entire game, running a similar, if not the exact same route, just on the other side of the field. And so I think that this could be a, like, much better game for Palmer than it was last week where we see him more involved with the offense. We see the guy that led the chargers in receiving yards last year um, or yards or receptions, whichever one it was. Um, Uh, I think both. I think it, it might've been both. both? (laughs) Um, Yeah. But you know, but like, you know, I I think that that's closer to the guy that we'll see um, on Sunday than the one that we saw against the dolphins. Yeah, I'm just going to look this up now. I know it was definitely yards. Um, I think Keenan might have gotten from receptions. Of course, PFF is being slow when I need it. God. <laughs> okay, I'll check in a second here. Um, yeah, so X Factor for me, um, I'm going to go with whoever is playing the slot for the Chargers on defense. Um, I think this could be a Jasir Taylor spot. Um, this was a Jasir Taylor spot last year against the Titans because – They wanted to get some more size and physicality in that position, in that star spot for the Chargers defense, which is super important to stop the run as well as, you know, defend the the flats 
Oh, Eck had more receptions. Duh. Austin Austin Eckler had yeah. 107 catches. No, it's uh, uh, it's it's uh, receptions for wide receivers. I think is is the stat because he also had okay. less yards than Mike Williams did. Okay, uh, but all right. He, I don't know. He was good. He was. Good. <laughs> he was good. He was good. Um. Yeah. So uh, whoever is playing the slot, I, I think we'll see Jasir Taylor have a role. Um. But yeah. this is really going to be Asante's first chance to show that, hey, I can I can defend the run. You know, there were some opportunities yes. against Miami. Um, again, haven't, didn't watch the All-22. Didn't feel like it was a productive thing for me to do. <laughs> um, but there were some chances for him to make some plays, and I feel like we didn't really see him make them. Um, so this is, this is a very important slot game because, again, the Titans really want to attack the edges, and you have to have a good slot defender to stop the run this week. So... Uh, I think this is a Jazeera Taylor game. Maybe this is more of a Derwin James slot game um, because you want to get some size and you want to get Derwin closer to the box a little bit. But whoever is playing the slot has to be 100% you know, attached to Derrick Henry's hip at this point. So um, whether it's Asante, Jazeera, Derwin James, they need a good performance from the slot this week and significantly better performance than they had last week, which is kind of the thing for the defense as a whole. Um, but again, it's paramount that the slot defender makes an impact against the Titans run game. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, I, I think Jasir will have a role, but I think that this is, you know, kind of Asante's job to lose. Um, and so like, they're going to give him every chance to show that he's improved in that area. Um, yeah. I do think Derwin probably gets a little bit more reps there, which also, um, means that JT Woods will probably play a lot more. Um, so, you know, yep. you know he's going to have to perform. There were a couple plays where um, he was out of position in his kind of deep half zone. So, uh, you know, yeah. interested to see how that plays out as well. Yeah. The, the contrast here is it's so drastic, <laughs> man, because everything yep. that like the Chargers struggle with last week is kind of just not relevant this week. Um, yep. So it's, it, you really got to kind of adjust your mindset and come out and, and be on your P's and Q's and be, you know, more physical this week. Um, I am curious if we see JC Jackson be like hundred percent of the snaps when he's out there. Cause until they benched him late in the game, he was, he was playing every snap of the game. Yeah. Um, but this might be again, more of a rotation, more of a physical run defense kind of package game. So I'm curious to see how that one uh, plays out. Yep, definitely. All right. Uh, appreciate Alex for filling in today. Obviously, uh, Tyler dealing with the situation at his apartment. So hopefully that situation gets resolved. Um, you guys listening, make sure you go check out Alex's work on Chargers Wire. And of course, on our channel every Tuesday, where he's going to be dropping some knowledge about college football and the prospects that the Chargers are looking at. So, uh, Alex, any uh, final thoughts before we head out? Uh no, I think it's it's going to be an interesting game. Um, you know, it's it's going to be very different than last week. Um, I think that we can just kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater on that one and just uh, <laughs> hope we move on with the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, uh, oh, no. <laughs> yes. Yes. Clean slate. I, yes. I hope that's how the team's looking at it because the yes. fan base sure <laughs> needs, a, needs a positive win this week. That'd be definitely, great. Definitely. Um, all right, so uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in after Thursday Night Football. Tyler and I will hopefully uh, be back live on Saturday for our final picks and predictions, the final injury report, uh, and we'll take some questions as we do every Saturday. And then we'll be live on Sunday afternoon for our live recap. So stay tuned for all of that. And as always, we'll see you guys later. Bolt up.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.